Soundbite Theater presents. More Than Roses. just getting started with the watering and maybe a bit of weeding but if you don't mind hanging around while I work I'll show you around oh feel free to go set your bag on the porch you've just come here from form of address he's such a lovely fellow who runs that place my sister got all of her kids names from there oh did something catch your eye may as well start over there then those are mostly happies growing over there. I like to line the patch with cute little flowers. Marigolds this year, but last year I did pansies. But that's just set dressing. The real plot is all full of different varieties of happies. There, with the little curlicue vines and bright brown leaves. <laughs> that's giddy. Can you feel it from here? That almost drunken desire to laugh and the inability to stop smirking. If it gets too big, it can choke everything else out. But the only thing warmer than giddy is, well, warmth. I have that on the far end of the happy plot. I like to spread out the warmer feelings like giddy and warmth to balance everything. But warmth is a bit different from giddy, you see. If you take a bite, go on, it has a bit of spice. Someone told me that they thought it tasted like Mexican hot chocolate. Someone else said it feels like taking a nap in late spring sunlight, but I always find it to be more like a mint. Bright and zippy, but also something that slowly reaches all the way down to your toes. It's not summery or floral at all, really. I find it most like watching a string of lights while the snow falls. A bit ironic for warmth, really. And yet here we are. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, that makes sense with the day you've been having that you'd be curious. That right over there on the trellis? The excitement! I've met some gardeners who like to cross-pollinate excitement and giddy for something extra vibrant, but I like the distinction. I think the sort of folks who come to my little stand at the farmer's market appreciate that. There's probably more variety in excitements than in most subsets of happy. Oh, that's a little fun fact you might not know. Technically, all of these things I have in the happy plot are the same emotion, but they're different feelings. Like how all squashes are the same species, but they have different cultivars. These are my cultivars of happy. <laughs> I love, I really like talking about my garden. Anyways, let me get a bit of watering done while you check out the excitement. Like I said, 
there's a lot of variety and kinds of excitement. I only grow two varieties for sale. I do have a personal variety of it I keep in a pot in my living room, but I don't know if it'll ever be large enough for sharing. It's more of an excitement about daily life. Knowing you're eating your favorite breakfast in the morning or seeing a cute dog sort of excitement. Out here though, I grow a summer variety of excitement for going on trips, hearing the ice cream truck, waking up and knowing there's a beautiful, glorious day of nothing ahead, going to, to the fair. I tried growing something more long-term and hardy, but that's really more for specialty greenhouses to do, I think. You know, like excitement for your wedding that can last for years. Excitement to meet your new baby that could start nine months before you meet them. Longer if you're planning or adopting or, well, hoping. Just regular hoping. I don't have hope in this patch. I used to. But as it turns out, growing hope for other people doesn't work so well. You really need to cultivate it yourself. It just goes bad too fast if you're relying on someone else's. Anyway, that's enough water for the excitement, but Cheerful is looking a bit thirsty. It's a charming little thing, isn't it? Bright, but not like warm. Spirited, but not as much as giddy. It goes very well with excitement, but it's also just fine on its own. I find a little bit can carry you a long way. Ah, uh, it wilts so easily though. Luckily, it's pretty easy to grow. I probably give it too much space here, but it fills it so nicely and it sells so good. Well, what I actually take to the farmer's market sells. I end up using a lot of it myself. No reason not to, right? I'm pretty lucky to have all of this space to grow all these emotions, so I try not to be wasteful. Do you know the kind of carbon footprint imported emotions make? I mean, no way around it, really. Things being how they are, it would hardly be right to just cut the supply chains and leave people in wastelands with no infrastructure for local cultivation, but, well, I suppose I'm saying in my ideal world, we could all just grow our own cheerful. But then I'd be out of business, I guess. <laughs> well, maybe not. I do have some things that are unique to me. Strains I've been developing for years. Here, let me show you one. This is my own heirloom variety of creativity. I didn't actually start it. My mom did. You see, she was bored and I was bored and she needed something for a bored five-year-old to do. So we started a garden. This was the first thing we grew together. Give it a few decades and ta-da! creativity. I was about 15 when I started getting particular about it. I thought I had it all figured out. How it would look after just a few years of being picky of cross-pollinating and close care. Boy, was I stupid. <laughs> but I cared. And that's what really makes creativity grow, you know? Time and care. Not everyone's creativity is a strain of happy, but I like that mine is. I don't have to belabor it like a sad creativity, 
or wrestle it like a thicket of mad creativity. I just kite it along and sort of does the same back, you know? Do you know? Here. Creativity actually grows better when you trim it and shape it, so I'd be more than happy to give you a few cuttings. Did you know that creativity cuttings are called inspirations? So if you ever get a bouquet with creativity in it, technically there isn't any. There's just inspiration. Oh, I really, really like linguistics. That about does it for happies. I suppose there's a bit of weeding to be done, but I'll get to that after you go. You know, as long as you've got those cuttings of inspiration, we might as well balance them out. See anything else you like? It's alright if you don't know the name. Everyone has trouble identifying some emotions on site. Just point it out and we'll take a look. Oh, over there. Uh, well, those are all sads. But putting together a good basket of emotions involves some balancing. So let's see what we can find. Background cover is lonely. It spreads even easier than Getty, so I have to prune it a lot. Fun fact though, if you border a plot of lonely with a well-cared-for companionship, it can't spread beyond it. But companionship is one of the most labor-intensive things to grow. I really just recommend a few small pots of it. Of course, having less may be disappointing sometimes, but it keeps them higher quality and you'll get more out of them. But anyway, the lonely, yeah. It's got such dark leaves and I personally don't care for the taste. I find it waxy and it makes my eyes sting a bit. I only really grow it for the ground cover. Oh, and I have a deal with the funeral home down the road. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone wants a bit of lonely at a funeral. It helps them focus on why they're actually sad. They feel alone in that room full of other lonely people because all they want is the one person they can't have anymore. Oh, I'm going to scare you away. <laughs> Let, let's leave the lonely to itself. It thrives that way at any rate. Where do you think you'll put your bouquet? If it's going to live out its life at your bedside table, I could cut you a bit of tire. Well, maybe not. See, you aren't actually all that sleepy or ready to go to bed, but you've got some tired right there. It can just sweep you over. It can be useful though. It can make it possible to actually slow down and listen to what your body and mind need. It makes it possible to realize that, hey, if I'm tired, what else is going on with me? Sads are good because they let you see when something is wrong. Well, mostly. I try to be fair with what I grow and make sure I, I have a nice variety of everything. It's good for the garden to have a lot of variety. It keeps the soil healthy. It makes me have a lot of varied and clear feelings. We'd all be at our best if we had access to that. But, oh boy, has that been a process. 
I remember the first year I committed to turning all of the space into emotion plots. It was growing terribly. Everything was muddled and small and the same, no matter what. I went looking for help at a greenhouse, and the gardener there tried to convince me I couldn't just grow a few strains of happy and expect it to all go well. I tried to argue about it for way too long, before they finally picked up the tiniest bit of the smallest leaf of a plant nearby and said, Well, if you don't care enough about the well-being of your feelings in your garden to take my advice, this is all about what I can do for you. And I took that little bit of leaf and I ate it. It was shame. And that bit of help feeling, it made me realize I was already carrying shame for doing a bad job. Shame for not listening. Shame for demanding it all be my way when it just doesn't work like that. After I started growing a greater variety, using more types of feelings and rotating my plots every year, it's done wonders. I uh, still wouldn't recommend it in a bouquet. I would give a tinge of longing though. Here, let's grab that real quick. There, I like how deep and rich the color of longing is. Don't you? Oh, you've just seen the gray variety before? That one is nice too. Just personal preference, but hopefully this will go well with the greens and inspiration. Let's see, what else? Hmm. Oh no, oh no. I, I don't actually sell or give any away or anything with the back corner. That's more, well, best practice, I suppose. Those bushes are despair on the left and then grief on the right. I know despair is bigger, but if you're well-versed in this sort of motion tending, you can tell the grief is doing better. Well, I say better. I mean, it's very good at being grief. Grief isn't technically a sad, but it fits him well over here. Grief is actually its whole own plant, totally separate from happy or sad or anything else. Isn't that neat? It's heavy and has a complex flavor. People like to say things have complex flavors when what they really mean is it tastes bad, but I still want another bite for some reason. That's grief to a T. It has a longer life cycle with more distinct phases than some emotions, but it's actually an evergreen. It'll never really go away unless you dig it up, put it away, and say, I'm done. But good luck getting the smell out once you've had it in the house. Like cigarette smoke, it seeps into everything. But it feels purposeful. Like somehow, you're better for having felt this way. Like you understand yourself better and you move through the world a bit more knowing. Despair isn't like that though. I literally only grow it because it's basically impossible to kill and I had to give it a go one time after, well, 
that's another story for another day. And I shouldn't say it's impossible to kill. It's easy enough, really. It's just a matter of wanting to. Uh, well, uh, it's a bit addictive. It's easy to think you like it, but really, really does make you feel like crap. There's no better way to put it, really. But then, you sort of want to keep feeling that way? It almost tastes the same as safety. I know that must seem odd to someone who hasn't tasted both. And frankly, I hope it stays that way. Despair is not part of a well-balanced diet. Trust me. Let's see. Where are we at? A bit of inspiration, a sprinkling of longing. What else? May as well go for a strong variety. If you cross the path there, yes, uh, right there, that plot is mad. Smell. Go on. Smell. You can smell the spice and heat from here. Can't you? I shouldn't be so excited for this one, but you'd be surprised what people can get out of different kinds of math. The most common variety is good old anger. Peppery and sharp and easy to sprinkle over basically anything. You'd be amazed what people put anger on. We'll have it over shows, unpainted fences, burnt bread, loud chewing. I do kind of get that one. But honestly, anger is a bit overkill most of the time. Generally, anywhere you can get anger, frustration and irritation are available, which are more specific and generally suit the situation better in the first place. For example, frustration is much better suited for situations brought on through no one's direct fault. The bus is late, or your computer crashes hours after you last saved. An irritation? is perfect for when it is someone's direct fault. But if you take the time to notice how you're feeling, you'll realize that by the end of your day, it probably won't matter. Like the loud chewing or someone bumping into you. Of course, people chew on enough irritation. They may as well just use some anger by the end and ugh. That's really just not that good for you. Trust me, I've been there. And I'm sure you have been too. Haven't we all? <laughs> it's not that anger isn't useful. It's just hard to use in a bit generalized and just, well, I've almost never really found anger to be just anger. It's better to find something else a bit more productive or at least accurate to what you're trying to convey. And what about when it's not even strong enough? What about then? Oh, I'll tell you what then. You see that tall one over there? With the bright petals towering over us from a hardy stalk like a sunflower? That, oh, that is rage. Can you feel it from here? The heat? No. You're getting cold? Oh. That's actually kind of rare. Like cilantro tasting like soap. Neat. It just 
washes over you. It's technically not toxic, but please, please never eat any. The scent, the sight even, could be enough to let it all loose and blow up at someone. I'm actually not allowed to sell it. I planted it to drown out the despair. I'd say we got there. It does have its uses. There are wrongs great enough that someone wanting to cultivate a little rage, heck, even a little wrath, it's frankly totally justified. It's really situational. It is frankly when you've been hurt. Just so, so hurt. So hurt that hurt stops feeling like anything, but feeling like nothing just isn't right. You need to feel something about what's happened to you. You need to know you're still capable of feeling and feeling big. I still don't recommend dwelling in rage, but I'm just a home gardener. A farmer's market vendor at best. Oh, actually, yes, I do grow hurt. But once again, no selling, no giving away even. You never want to give away hurt. It doesn't feel good for anyone involved. But sometimes it's good to have for yourself, you know? Not that you should want to hurt, but when something has happened that ought to hurt, it's okay to feel it. To pick those little white flowers and hold them close, smell them and say, that was wrong and I was wronged. And that can actually be the first step to healing. I think people try to distill hurt down too much, and when they do, it loses the complexity that makes it useful, meaningful. Like I've seen places that sell feeling supplements, and oh boy, do they muck that one up. Now, supplements aren't inherently bad. I've had to use them, and some people really are just better off with a few every day. But there was one time I went into a place and that was all about their naturally derived feelings and the purity of their distillation. But I've been told, and this totally proved it, that if you want places like that to put their money where their mouth is, pick up out a mad or sad. I asked for a sample of hurt and the guy was all confident about it but I put that pill in my mouth and I instantly already knew that it wasn't hurt. It was pain. They have shaved it and boiled it and dried it all the way down to its pure distilled pain. Meaningless, useless. You know, pain isn't even something that you can grow. It's not really an emotion in the traditional sense. It's just a compound in a few different feelings. Most mats have some degree of pain in them, and hurt has more than most, but there's still other things in there all coming together, growing up and mixing to make a real human feeling. There has got to be more control over the market, because you can really hurt someone if they're just looking for some more clarity in their suffering with hurt, but instead take on even more pain. It's just unconsciousable to do that to someone. It really is. Oh, that just gave me an idea though. Going along the fence for this plot, on the side facing the road, I have 
Well, it doesn't have a zippy little name, but it is one of the best strains of mad I think a person can grow. Anger specifically at the wrongs of an unjust world. You see it all the time in garlands and protests. I find it adds great depth and a bit of self-awareness to a good arrangement. What do you think? If any of it speaks to you, just reach out for it and... Ah! There you go. That'll suit you wonderfully. We'll worry about fitting it in with everything else later. No, it isn't too much. If anything, it's never enough. Well, that's most of the front yard, but I've become a bit overkill in the last few years. The whole back is garden too. Do you have time? Amazing, let's go. Let me grab the watering can. Now, just to warn you, the first thing we'll walk into is scared. Some folks call it fear. Although I'm personally of the camp that fear is distinct from scared and shouldn't be marketed the same way, it's like debating varieties of apples. There's so many and with some nuances are so slight that really, it's an endless debate with no actually productive end. I personally would say that scared should be the classification for the overarching emotion type, and that fear is a large subset that includes most varieties of scared, but not all. I think that it wasn't cultivated with any danger or threat in the process, then it, it just isn't true fear. Shock, for example, is scared, but isn't fear. Disgust is a sort of scared, but it doesn't come from fear of its object, just distaste of it. By the way, disgust really only does its job if you eat it, but even then, I absolutely cannot stress enough how much you do not want to taste it. Ever play that game where you eat a jelly bean and it'll be a good one or a bad one? Imagine all the bad ones at once. I suppose I have disgust for disgust, <laughs> but I'm getting caught up in my semantics again, aren't I? My point is, fear and scared are different. Plus, if you grow fear for too long, feed it too much, give it too many of your thoughts, it can turn into horror. I had to raise a whole plot because of horror once. Well, I say I did. I couldn't even do it alone. It had gotten so bad. You can't eat it without choking. You can't smell it without feeling nauseous. You can't touch it without a thousand little prickers shedding on you and digging into everything you've known or felt until your world is spinning and you lose any senses that anything has ever been or ever will be all right again. It's uh, not great. You need a whole cup of joy to get out of it. I almost tore my patch of happy to the roots, trying to recover from that removal. But we made it. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Don't grow, whore. Literally anything else to keep away from that. Well, almost anything else. Here, see that pot over there? No, it's not empty. 
a good sign. It's emptiness. It needs no dirt, no water, no food, no thoughts, no rising emotions. It's not even taxonomically as sad. I just don't have anywhere else for it to go. And it never goes. It just kind of shows up for anyone who cultivates emotions after loss or a big change. There's always a little. Some people, it's so little they don't even know they have it. It's just growing in some forgotten box in the basement or Tupperware that lives on the top shelf. Mine just happens to be in a pot in the back of the sad section of my garden. I don't even think it's technically an emotion. I think it's a coping mechanism, but I keep forgetting to ask my mechanic about it. It doesn't matter though, I suppose. You don't want any more of that than you've already got. It's too personal to share anyway. I could get you some loss for a similar feeling, but looking at what we've pulled for you so far, I think it could be a bit funny to garnish it with something just like absurdly specific. You see all those little ones growing in the herb boxes along the windows? I call them my phobias. They aren't real phobias. You need to be licensed as a medical facility to grow those for non-personal use. But they're all of those particular things that people are scared of. I mean, not all, all of them, but quite a few. I've got most of the basics. I found I don't really sell much beyond that. So there's spiders, lizards, the dark, the night, stalkers, nightmares, heights, water, especially the ocean, cramped spaces, thunderstorms, being lost, being late, needles, and the fear a duck is watching you. <laughs> that one isn't super common, but I just think it's kind of funny to grow. And this whole area could use a little funny. What do you think is for you? Oh, it doesn't have to be something you're scared of. It's just supposed to be a little bit of quirk to your bouquet. Spiders? <laughs> All right, there you go. That's nearly everything, except for the things along the back fence. Yes, I do mean the trees. I grew them myself. Well, first off, thank you, but I promise I am in fact old enough for it to be possible. Also, you have to understand with these, they could grow much faster than it looks like they do. There can be periods of life that suit focusing on growing these kinds of things. Deeper things. One with the sweeping, drooping branches like a willow is melancholy. It's good for standing underneath. There you go. And look up. Do you feel it? The awareness of all the wrongs and sorrow and hurt and how they can all interconnect and lead to deeper understanding and connections. But even with all of that community and beauty, it still hurts. But in a way, you can live in? I've lost hours and hours standing under that tree, feeding it all my struggles and pain. And it grew and grew until I could lean against it for meaning. It doesn't feel complete, does it?
feels deep and vast and like it almost all means something greater than yourself. It is beautiful though, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's all right. You could touch it. But the taste is never exactly what you want it to be. Here, step from under there, right over here. Yes! Didn't that feel amazing? The positive charge of going from melancholy to clarity? I don't want to brag, but I am very proud of myself for growing this much clarity. It's normally small, with only the tiniest berries and blossoms. But look at these flowers. What's going on? Ah, uh, yes. The awareness can be a bit much. There's a reason it's normally only for special occasions. Almost no one actually finds clarity, finds them. Hey, it's hit that with you today. What's it telling you? Here. I'll package this separately. You'll want to have it that way. It could be nice to see though, can't it? To look around and smell the flower, have a berry and comprehend things that you previously felt you were wrestling with endlessly? The problem is the acting on it later. That I cannot help with. Sorry. That's something you have to do for yourself, no matter what feelings you're feeling. I do have something that can help. The last tree there. Go on, help yourself. Anyone who comes here is welcome to try as much of it as they like. Using it helps keep it healthy and <laughs> growing. And sure, I grew it, but I don't like own it. No one really does. We just share it. Do you recognize it? It's peace. It's perfectly compatible and absolutely incompatible with every other emotion. It guides them along and crowds them out. The smell is either overpowering or nothing more than an undertone. But when you can smell it, doesn't it smell clean and pure and right? That's the issue. It smells so natural and right that sometimes you can't smell it at all. You might mistake it for just how existence smells. But it is there. It always wants to be there. And I found the best people prioritize having an ample supply. Oh, that sounds like I'm bragging. At this rate, egotism is gonna start growing on my legs. <laughs> hmm? How did I? With time, and a lot of thought, and a lot of tears, and a lot of lonely. I grew it because I got to a point where it was all I could do because it was all I wanted. And now that I have it, I can actually enjoy other things again. It's nice to know I always have somewhere to go where it is all going to always be okay. Here, let's get you a few blossoms. Careful, They're, they are delicate. Uh, yeah, like that. Okay, now just there. All right, let's take all of this back to the porch. I'll wrap it up for you.
All right. So I think building this around the stalks of peace will feel poetic and composed. Then with the inspiration here and the longing will look best with the righteous anger, but just a tiny bit of it by the inspiration to give it some direction. And for fun, <laughs> your spiders is going right there. All right, give it a little greenery and a nice ribbon. Done. There you are. Now, that won't last forever. Cut off feelings never do. But for as long as you have them, enjoy. I'm sure you have to get running along, but have a good night. Here's hoping a good bouquet adds to the joy of a new name. Bye-bye. <sighs> I won't even need an accomplished tea to finish off my day after that. Hmm? What is... Oh! Oh! Oh my! I, I forgot how fast those vines can grow. Wow. I, I guess I did love that. Hey. Hey there. I didn't think the love I planted here was going to grow back anymore, but I suppose I do love the garden. It's been a while since I brought anyone through it like that, huh? I'll be doing it more. I don't want these little love vines of yours to die back out. <laughs> yeah, definitely doing this again. I love this. <gasps> more! Wonderful! Oh, um, I gotta get my watering can. I can't let this go to waste. Thank you for listening to this episode of Soundbite. More Than Roses was written by Beck Meck. It features Michelle Chakin. Soundbite's theme song was written by Charlotte Rosenthal. Soundbite Theater is produced by Mythonomica Productions. See you again soon.